apples welcome back to the weekly podcast the good apple with me your host sharonda simone the good apple is a place where christ followers at any stage of your walk can learn to apply powerful life transformative biblical truths to live in the world but not of the world according to john 15 we are a community of kingdom kids who live bright lives, seasoned and salty, with lots of godly flavor to enhance the world as directed in Matthew 5. We are the remnant of God's people, the good apples, who invite God into our everyday lives and live in success, health, wealth, prosperity, peace, and applied biblical knowledge as those spoken of in Isaiah 65. Apples, welcome or welcome back. Hello, Apples. Welcome back to the weekly podcast, The Good Apple, with me, your host, Sharonda Simone. All righty. So as usual, your girl is excited. You guys, episode number five. Woo, we are really, really doing this. Like sometimes I sit back and I'm like, God, is this really happening? Like, is this a podcast that is actually going to have stickability? And apparently it is. And I'm so thankful to God, first and foremost, for just creating this platform for me to share the word of God and to build an actual genuine Apple's community. I'm so thankful to God. I'm also extremely grateful for each and every one of our listeners. You guys, every week I continue to get feedback and ideas and interaction, genuine communication from good Apple's. And I couldn't be more thankful and excited to connect with you. So you know that every week I like to give a special shout out to one of the Good Apple podcast community listeners. This week is no different, okay? So I'm going to be shouting out one of the Good Apples in just a moment. But before that, I want to say thank you so much to all of our returning listeners, okay? It means the world to me. I see you guys. I see the comments. I see the shares. I see the posts on Facebook. Thank you so much for continuing to just invest in this podcast. It's still really young. I mean, we're only on episode number five. Okay. So for us to have gained so much momentum and just have built a genuine community with only five episodes in all glory be to God. So thank you so very much. Also too, if you are new, this is your first time listening to welcome. So happy to have you. I do hope that you are blessed by today's episode, and I encourage you to listen to the other four episodes. I think it will be good because you get to see the progression of the podcast. You know, it's going to grow with time. Um, I have some guest speakers and co-hosts lined up. Okay, so that's going to be exciting. And I don't want for you to miss out on the whole journey. I think, you know, half of the fun of being with something from its infancy, you know, when it first starts out and to see how it grows up and matures is just that being able to, you know, be there from the beginning to the middle and, you know, to the current state. So thank you guys so very much. I encourage you just to continue to stay connected. If you haven't, please reach out to me. I am on most social media platforms. You can either search for the Good Apple Podcast or you can search for Sharonda Simone. Either way, I would love to connect with you. If you want direct links to the social media platforms, be sure just to check the show notes. Okay, so whatever podcast platform you're listening to this episode on, 
there should be a way to expand the show notes. I know a few of you guys are still a bit confused about that when I mention it, but especially if you're listening in Spotify as well as the Anchor app, then you should be able to see the show notes and there will be live links that you can click on so that we can really get connected. Okay, so for today's episode, the shout out goes to Darlene up in the Midwest. She listens every week. Okay, she reaches out to me every week. She lets me know her thoughts. She lets me know her aha moments. And it's really fun to communicate with her. So shout out to Darlene in the Midwest up in Ohio tuning in every Sunday. She's also been sharing the podcast, which means so much to me. Because that way, you know, the message of God is reaching more people. All right. So thank you so very much, Darlene. Now, let me just let you in on a little secret. Well, not so much a secret, but just a fun fact. So Darlene is someone who I have known ever since birth. Okay. I would trust this lady with my life. And that's because she is my mommy. So shout out to Darlene. Bottom line is No matter who you are, even if I know you really, really well, like we grew up together, you're like a blood relative, you're like a, you know, friend from high school, we've been, you know, moving together for years. Look, no matter who you are, I still want to give you a shout out. Okay. So reach out to me. Let me know that you are listening. Let me know that you're tuning in because I want to give you props because I know that you're busy. You know, you have things that you're doing, but you take time out of your schedule to tune in. And that means a lot to me. So thank you very much. Shout out to Darlene. Now, I do want to start off, you know, how we usually do. Okay. I want to start off with a prayer. So depending on where you are, what you're doing, if you're able, go ahead and close your eyes, bow your head. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for just being daddy, for being God, for loving us in all of our mess, God, for showing us exactly, you know, who you are on a daily basis and just for meeting us where we are, Lord. We thank you so much for being God. We ask right now that you would continue to inhabit these podcasts. Lord, I ask right now that you would remove any barrier that I might have, any distraction, Lord, any tongue-tie situation. We just cast that down in the name of Jesus. I ask right now that you would just also help to remove distractions for the listeners. I ask that you would just help them to be able to tune in and to get this message, Lord. Uh, In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This episode of The Good Apple Podcast is being sponsored by SharondaSimone.com, the website where I share all of my raves and faves for beauty, motherhood, lifestyle, and my home. All the items there can keep you bougie on a budget. So make sure you head over and check it out, www.SharondaSimone.com. So in this week's episode, what I want to address is a very important topic. And I think it is a foundational truth that we need to understand as the body of Christ, because if not, then it can lead people to a lot of despair and hopelessness and a misunderstanding of the sovereignty of God. Okay. So it was actually birthed out of a conversation that I was having with a fellow good apple. She's one of my dear friends. I absolutely love her with the love of God. Uh, She's a sweet person, a genuine, genuine person. And as we were talking earlier this week, she said, you know, one thing that she doesn't understand is why bad things happen to good people. 
you know, if there's so much wickedness in the world and seeing as how God does love us so much, why doesn't God come down and fix it? I think that is a very real question. That is a very real concern for most Christians as well as non-believers. You know, it's so uh, disheartening sometimes to see the comments on social media where people are saying, well, you know, if there were a God, he doesn't really care about us. He doesn't love us because all of this wickedness, untimely deaths, cancer, you know, sickness, molestation, all of these things are happening. And yet he doesn't come down and fix it. So either there is no God or he doesn't care as much as people say he does. And those things really hurt my heart because it is a misunderstanding of the sovereignty of God. Now, I know that for years I was taught not, you know, by any one specific person, but the understanding was that, you know what, God is up in heaven. He loves us. And he almost has like puppet strings moving things around. And, I, you know, I've said in other podcasts where I would cry out to God and I would say, why aren't you fixing this? Why aren't you doing this for me? I've sacrificed for you. I've devoted my life to you. Why isn't it going my way? Why are bad things happening to me? I'm not perfect, but I'm a kingdom kid. Why isn't my life, you know, set out just so where I don't have to deal with certain stress and problems? Well, it wasn't until I came to realize that God's sovereignty is not what I thought it was. Okay. So when we think about the sovereignty of God, usually we all think that God controls everything. Now, in one hand, that is true. Okay. God controls everything in that he knows everything that is going to happen that has happened because he is God. He is all knowing. Okay. Um, and he is present everywhere. So nothing is a surprise to him. But when it comes to here on earth, we were given dominion on the earth. Now, why is that important? Because when we think about all of the evil things that happen, all of the unfortunate things that happen, the sadness, and you scratch your head and you say, Lord, why don't you fix it? Why don't you come down and make it right? Why don't you stop all of this, you know, unnecessary strife and issues, you know, with racism and all of these problems with, you know, health and children being hurt and marriages being broken up. And, you know, God, why don't you fix all this? If you really loved us, why don't you fix it? Well, that's not an appropriate question. And I'll show you why. So if you can go to your Bibles, okay, I'm going to break down a few Bible verses and show you why God can't just come down and fix it as much as he would love to, okay? I truly believe, I mean, if you study the will of God, the word of God, the personality, the characteristics of God, our father, of course, he wants to just, you know, speak and make everything perfect. He wants to end world hunger. He wants to have world peace. Absolutely. However, he's not able to do that because he gave us dominion. He gave us authority. All right. So what am I talking about? If you can grab your Bibles and let's go to the word of God. Now, I will say that this is a lot to digest. Okay. So I ask that you and Holy Spirit, you know, you have a good talk with God and just begin to find this to be true for yourself. 
okay, because there has to be a level of spiritual awakening or understanding that comes along with this. It has to go from your head to your heart, then to your spirit. You know what I mean? You have to really accept this as biblical truth, which it is. I'll show you in just a minute. But again, I do know that for some people, this might be a bit more difficult to digest. So, you know, make a mental note, you know, save this episode listen to it a few times, take down the Bible verses, digest them, talk with God about them, ask for Holy Spirit to open the eyes of your understanding according to Ephesians, ask him to open the eyes of your spiritual understanding. Because for me, I know that initially it was not a hard pill to swallow, but I had to adjust my thinking on a daily basis because it shifted from, God, why aren't you doing this to Sharonda, here's what you need to do because you actually have the authority through God, through Jesus. Okay. Not in and of myself, but through Jesus. Okay. All right. Let's go to the word of God. Okay. Hebrews one verse three. Let's start there. I think that's a very good starting point. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Okay, so let's break this down, apples. Okay, it says the sun, being Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Remember, Jesus is the son of God who became a human, so a man and God, so that he could come down and save us from our sins, okay? So he is the exact representation of God, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. So everything that we see around us is sustained by the word of God through Jesus, all right? That's very important. So let's take a pin in that verse. So Hebrews 1, 3. Okay. Now I want for you to turn your Bible to Colossians 1, 17. And that reads, he is before all things and in him, all things are held together. Now, again, we are talking about Jesus as the son of God. So when it says he, it means he, Jesus, is before all things and in him, all things are held together. Now, I think it's important to read verse 15 as well as 16 so that we can see when it says all things are before him and in all things are held together. I think it's important for us to know exactly what this all is referring to. Again, it becomes very important and I'll link it together in just a moment. Okay. Now, if you are finding value so far, or if I have at least piqued your interest, then please be sure to let me know. Um, Also to share this podcast episode with a friend. I know, I know, I know that this is a conversation that is most often had between Christians, okay, because we can't always reconcile how a good God would allow so many bad things to happen here on earth. So I know that this episode is going to not only bless you, but also bless others you share it with, okay? So if you're getting value, or at least if I've piqued your interest, go ahead and pause and share this episode with a friend, okay? All right, now let's go back to Colossians 1, verse 15 and 16, and that reads, The Son, which is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven 
and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Apples, here's the thing. If Jesus, who is now seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, okay, the Bible tells us that, if he were to go back on his word, all of the things that were held together by Jesus doing what he did, dying on the cross for our sins, going up to be with God, sending Holy Spirit down to be with us. If he were to go back on his word by coming down again, whether God or Jesus coming down again, everything would fall apart as in the entire universe, the entire world, the planets, everything that we know it to be. Because it says here that everything was made through him, whether visible or invisible, things on heaven and on earth, all of it was held or is held together by God through Jesus, okay, and by the power of his word. The issue then becomes, well, why doesn't he fix it? Because he can't, because he is bound by his own word, by his own actions. He cannot come back down and fix it. The good news, though, the great awesome news is that he gave you the authority and dominion here on earth. How do we know this? Okay, let's go back now to the book of Genesis. Alrighty, Apples, I hope you are enjoying the episode so far. Now, before the break, I asked you to turn your Bibles to Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis 1, verse 26. I think we should start at 26, and then it will lead into 28. Um, and then we're going to start bringing everything full circle, okay? So stay with me, stay with me. Okay, so verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Okay, now I'm sure if you have been to Sunday school, okay, you know about the creation story and the importance of God creating mankind in his image, okay, male and female. We're all mankind in the image of God. And then he said, subdue the earth, all right, have dominion over the earth. Now, we cannot control people, all right? The Bible never says that we can control people because if you are made in God's image, then you have your own mind because God has his own mind. He's not, you know, controlled like a robot by any other entity. So the thing about being a Christian is that we have 
somewhat sacrificed our own mind. We have killed our own mind and said, we are going to do what God says, not what we want to do all the time. It's not our truth. It is the truth of God. Okay. So that's what kind of sets Christians apart is that even though we do have our own mind and we can make our own decisions, we have submitted ourselves to God. Okay. And the will of God and the will of his word. So, but if we're talking, if we're looking at you know, the actual dominion that we do have, the authority that we do have, we have dominion here on earth over, you know, wild um, animals and, and the land. And so we're to take care of the resources and we're to, you know, do right by God's creation. Okay. But we are, for lack of a better understanding, we're in charge down here. And if you read the word of God, all of this, I mean, it's it's said multiple times, um, but even just if we look at just Genesis 1, verses 26, 27, 28, we can see where he says, rule over the land, rule over the fish, the animals, all of that. He didn't say rule people, so you cannot rule people. However, I really, really, really think now is a good time to jump over to Luke 10, 19, okay? Because then we can see where even though we cannot rule people, but we do have authority over the agents that can cause people to do wrongs. Okay, so let's see. All righty, you guys already know if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, I love this verse. All right, I quote it very often because it is germane to everyday life. Okay, this verse helps to strengthen me, it helps to remind me of who I am in Christ. And it is the words in red Luke 10 19. Jesus says to his disciples, I have given you authority. There's that word again, authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Okay. So again, does that mean that we can control people? Those who are out doing senseless killings and those who are, you know, hurting children and those who are lying and stealing. No, we can't control the actual person. However, who is causing them to do all this? Satan, his minions right? The force of darkness. Now, if we know that we have that authority and Jesus says he gave us that authority through him, then we are the ones who are going to have to exercise that authority here on earth. Well, how did things get so bad then? How did things get so bad? Let's go back to the garden. Okay. If you go back to Genesis three and you read the fall, you'll see what happened. When the serpent, he approached Eve and he laid out his case, he used the word of God. Instead of her realizing, oh, wait, I have been told that I have authority over the serpent, okay, because he's not a person. So you have authority over wild animals, all right? You have to exercise wisdom because we live in a fallen world. So don't go trying to have a conversation with a snake, okay? But the bottom line is you have authority. So instead of her exercising her authority, in the garden and saying, oh, sit down, serpent. Don't question me. Don't ask me about what I'm doing with my God. This is between me and my God. My God told me that here's what I need to do. Instead of doing that, Eve allowed the serpent, who the Bible says is cunning and sly, to trick her out of her authority. He questioned God. That made her question what God said. And instead of exercising her authority, 
Eve listened to the serpent and gave her power away. How did she do that? Once she ate of the tree and then she gave the apple to her husband who was supposed to say, hold up, wait, 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 honey, God said we're not supposed to do this. The moment that whole action happened, sin entered the world. How? Because Satan then got the power, the authority, because he tricked Eve and Eve gave to Adam and Adam didn't take his authority and exercise and say, no, we're not doing that. God said, don't. Instead, they both acquiesced to Satan. And that has been the problem ever since, because now you know right from wrong in all sense of the word. So now you have that autonomy. Before you didn't have to worry. Your eyes were open or were closed. Adam and Eve, they didn't know they didn't have clothes on. They didn't realize they were naked. They were just living life wee, in the garden, no problems. And then once they had their eyes opened, okay, then they were able to be just like God, as in knowing right from wrong. Okay, let's let's jump to Genesis because I want to make sure that you're getting this. It's very, very important. Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Eve, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, did Satan lie? No, he didn't. That was the truth. The moment they ate of the tree, they were going to be like God. Their eyes were opened. They knew good and evil. So now it becomes your responsibility to make the right choice. So you see how that was before they didn't know. So there was this mercy. There was, you know, there was no right and wrong choice that needed to be made. But the moment they ate of the tree, touched the tree, ate the fruit, boom, now you are like God, as in, you know, right from wrong. You have a choice. You have autonomy. So then you all say, well, you know, Satan said you will certainly die. But they didn't just drop down dead. No, they didn't just drop down dead. But I like to tell people Satan doesn't care about semantics. OK, you know, you might you, you might say, oh, well, I didn't mean this. I just meant that. But look, if you're saying the word, if you're doing, you know, saying certain words, Oh my gosh, I just feel like I'm dying. It's killing me. It's killing me. Oh my gosh, you know, life is so hard. It's killing me. Satan does not care that you are just exaggerating, okay? Satan doesn't care. He is not into semantics. He's going to say, Oh, your life is killing you. Let me help you with that. And he's going to attach on to your words because words have power. Because remember, Jesus or God created the world with words. He used his words. He spoke things into existence. So when we speak, remember your words are like little seeds. Okay. So we have to be very careful what we say. I'm not saying that you can't, you know, give a joke or something, but be very mindful about the, you know, intentional words you continue to repeat in your life and the lives of others, because Satan does not care about your semantics. Okay. He is looking to, to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he's here for. Nothing else but a lot more. Okay. Kill, steal, and destroy. All right. So when he said you will not certainly die, 
He's trying to trick her to believe you're not going to drop down dead, which is true. They didn't drop down dead. But guess what? Sin entered the world. And until Jesus came back, it was just pretty much, you know, it was a struggle. Until Jesus came and saved us and gave us, a, you know, a way out to be reconciled with God. Yeah, I would say there was death because through Jesus, we're able to live in eternity. But without Jesus, we couldn't do it. Okay, so then it says the woman saw that the fruit was good and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, which is true because if you are like God, you are wise. So she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So many people don't realize this, but Adam was standing right beside her when all of this went down. Now he should have said, no, 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 back up serpent. You don't come question us. We have authority. We are in control of you. Okay. So back up. But he didn't. He ate the fruit. She ate the fruit. Then verse seven says, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. You can continue reading that and just see like, look, after, after everything went down, Satan has been using the same tactic in the garden that he used today. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed anything. He's the same slick shyster from back in the day. So again, you say, well, why can't God fix it? Because Satan now has turned around the authority that you and I were given, okay, um, that Adam and Eve had. He took that same authority and he's been using it ever since because he has no power on his own. When he was kicked out of Satan, he was when he was kicked out of heaven, Satan was stripped of all of his power. So he has to usurp yours. He has to use your power by proxy. That's why if you give it to him, then he actually has air quote power. But without you, without people giving Satan the go ahead, he can't do it. But we live in a fallen world. So why can't God fix it? Because he told us to. He gave us dominion. And if he were to go back on his word, if Jesus were to come back down and fix things again, everything would fall apart. Because we see that in Colossians 1.17, everything is held together through God. Hebrews 1 says he holds the universe together by the power of his spoken word. Apples. This is deep. This is really, really deep. And it's probably very contradictory to the way that most of us have viewed the good God and why he doesn't just come and fix things. Okay. So again, I know that it's not what you're used to hearing. I know that for some people it might be upsetting, troubling, but it's biblical. It's biblical. And it would also explain to you why God hasn't fixed it. Okay. It would help to reconcile that in your heart to know that, look, it's not that he doesn't love us or he loves us only sometimes, or he only loves certain races or he only loves certain genders, or he only loves certain people. That's not it. It's because he gave us dominion here on the earth. And while you cannot control people, Luke 10, 19 says you can control the evil spirits. We have dominion. So and in essence, that's not a sad thing. To me, that's a happy thing. That means that, look, I don't have to be sad and feel hopeless and helpless as a Christian. Instead, I can be super excited and happy because guess what? With God, I can, I can make a change. I can fix 
certain things in my life, okay? I'm not just sitting there crying and weeping in self-pity, waiting just for heaven, which by itself is an amazing goal, obviously. But I can also have good things in this life, in this present life, okay? So I hope you feel encouraged. Yes, it might be, you know, a mental shift, but we need to fully understand what the sovereignty of God is. It is not a puppet string situation where he's in heaven moving people. And for some people, he moves them to kill. For other people, he removes them to bless. No. What kind of God would that be? No. What kind of good daddy would that be? God does not have puppet strings up in heaven. You guys, he gave us the authority. Get this. Get this in your spirit. He gave you and I the authority through Jesus. Through Jesus, he gave that to us, okay? Let's turn to the book of John. I believe this is really going to bless you guys. Now stick with me. Stick with me, okay? This is going to get even better. John 1, 1 and 1, 2 and 1, 3. It's basically talking about the fact that in the beginning was the word. The word is capitalized in the Bible, meaning it's like a person, place, or thing. It's like a proper noun, I think it's called. So the word is referring to Jesus because it says, in the beginning was the word, so i.e. Jesus, and the word, i.e. Jesus, was with God, and the word was God. So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God, okay? Because then the second verse says, he was with God in the beginning. Who was with God? Jesus was with God. Through him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Okay, so that just further sets up the fact that Jesus is a big part. I mean, he is what is, you know, helping to hold this world together. Okay, I mean, God spoke it and then Jesus came and Jesus through his authority, is holding everything together, okay? So he, we once again, we can't just go back and do a do-over because everything would fall apart, okay? Everything would fall apart. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus, God, same person, different expression of the same person, okay? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but all God. Why is this important? Well, if we are talking again about why God doesn't come and fix things, remember he already sent Jesus. God cannot be seen here on earth in a physical human form. That's why he sent Jesus, all right? So if Jesus were to leave heaven and come down and do all that he did before, then everything would cease to exist. Just poof, gone. All right. I don't even know what happened. I, I just don't even know what happened because everything is held together by the word of God, by him, you know, being God. And if he were to go back on his word, whether Jesus do something, you know, against what was already done or God to do something against what was already done, even though there are bad things happening to good people. OK, it would make God a liar. Well, he's not a man, so he cannot lie. All right. So if he were to do something in error, and I, when I say in error, it's not that him fixing the problems of the world would be an error. No, it's him, you know, basically trying to do a do-over. That would be in error because that's not how he set things up. Okay, in the garden, in Genesis, it's very clear how we as humans 
made in God's likeness, how we are supposed to operate, the dominion and authority he gave. It's also very clear through the words of Jesus, the authority that he gave even after the fall, even in a fallen, wor fallen world, the authority he gave to us as Christ followers through Jesus. So if anything were to become uprooted or were to be shifted or changed, that would be a problem. It would mean that God is a liar. And if that were the case, which it's not, if that were the case, then everything would just be kaputs, apples. This is why God cannot just come down. He cannot just send Jesus again to fix the world's problems. The good news, though, is that you have authority. Are you able to stop every unnecessary killing? Are you able to protect children from being molested you know, everywhere? Are you able to end world hunger by yourself? Are you able to bring world peace by yourself? No. And if we read the word of God, we know that things will only get worse before they get better, before Jesus comes again, this time to end it all, okay? So if you're talking about the end of the world based on the Bible, well, yeah, he's going to do that. But as far as just coming down, fixing everything, then going back up again, mm -mm, he already did that. And when he did that, he left the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John 14, okay, let's go to 14 verse 12. Jesus, words in red, Jesus said, very truly, I tell you. So he's saying for real, for real, like no joke. No questions. For real, for real. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Yo, anytime I read these words, I get really, really like spiritually hype. You guys, every episode, we have some part where we stop and do a praise dance. This is your praise dance moment. Okay, so look, John 14, 12, Jesus is saying, very truly, I tell you, if you want to, uh, you know, look and see how, what you can do here on earth, what you have authority to do, boom, let's look at what Jesus did. When Jesus was here on earth, he was laying hands on the sick, okay? He was healing the blind. He was casting out demons. He was raising people from the dead. He was helping people come to know the good news about the saving power of Jesus, okay? Jesus was making moves, all right? So if you want to know what you can do while you will not be able to fix everything on your own, okay? I'm not saying that. What I am saying is if you want to know the authority and the power you have, Look at what Jesus did and then do even greater things through the name of Jesus. That's why it is so important for us to say in the name of Jesus, because the name of Jesus is what makes it all happen. So even though you're not able to control the activity of other people, human beings, when it comes to having authority over Satan and what he can influence other people to do, you have power over that. You can bind, you can stop, you can rebuke 
in the name of Jesus. One of the favorite things that I like to say is boomerang effect in the name of Jesus, return to sender. So if there is a spiritual attack, it could be something as small as, you know, a feeling of depression or sadness coming on. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, meaning turn back. You're not welcome here. And then I go to the Bible. I find a verse for that. Okay. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I quote the word of God. I appropriate the word of God in my life into that situation. Okay. So we have, we have alternatives. We don't have to just be, you know, beholden to the wiles and the evils of Satan. You have power. So the next time you're thinking like, why doesn't God come and change this and fix this? Do you love us? Do you care? Remember, apples, you have power. Exercise that power. Use your words. Use your faith-filled words. Use the word of God. Speak the word of God into that, into that situation and rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus. Again, this is not meant to you know, make you feel as though, okay, you're the reason why everything bad has happened in your child's life or why everything bad has happened in your family or you know, you're the cause of all the evil in the world. No, it's not your responsibility because Satan is Satan and Satan's going to do what Satan does, okay? He's evil. He's not playing with you. He doesn't like you. He hates you, hates utter odium. He hates you because you're a child of God because you have the power that he doesn't have. He also hates the people who worship him. He also hates the people who are Satanists. You know why? Because they have power that he doesn't have. He's just using them as pawns, okay? And once he's done, he will just discard them like trash. So he has no friends. He only has enemies, okay? Even those who are doing all the evil acts, he does not care about them. They are a means to an end. He's trying to get the power that God gave them, He's trying to get that power and he wants to use it. So we have to make sure that we don't cooperate with Satan. We don't give him that power because once you give him the power, it's very hard to get it back because by nature, humans are sinful. We're sinful people. Okay. That's just by nature. You might be good, but you're still sinful. That's just how it is. So we have to be very mindful of how we, how we, Use the power that God gave us, the authority that God gave us, because Satan is cunning. He is tricky. So don't get discouraged. It's not because God doesn't love the world. It's not because he doesn't want to come and fix it, but it's because he already did it through Jesus. And then it's up to us to maintain it. Now, does that mean that you can change the world by yourself? No, you can't because we live in a fallen world. You know, the Bible tells us that now because of sin and because of humans giving their power over to Satan, now he runs this world. So that's why the Bible tells us, Jesus said, look, don't be so deep in this world that, you know, you are so stressed out because guess what? You're a foreigner now in this land. The earth, now that Satan is running rampant, this is no longer your home. We're kingdom kids right? Yeah, that's why we have to operate differently. So that being said, be encouraged and know that you do have authority. We have to exercise that authority. Yes, we live in a fallen world, so things will not be perfect. But don't look to God to fix what he already fixed. We have authority. You speak to those situations in your lives. Apples, you speak to those situations. Just the other night, one of my children says, you know, he wasn't feeling well. 
Okay, Ron Jr. said he wasn't feeling well. And of course, you know, we use wisdom. So we check temperatures and we, you know, make sure that there's nothing else serious happening. But then it was like, okay, now pray about it. Because guess what? Whatever ailment you're dealing with, Jesus dealt with it on the cross. We talked about that in the Easter episode. He already dealt with it. No matter what it is, he already dealt with it so you don't have to. So in the name of Jesus, receive your healing. Well, the other night I go in and I'm checking on him in his bedroom. And I was just being funny, you know? So I walk in and I have my face over my hand like a mask. And I'm like, hey, I hear you're, you're contagious in here. And you know what he said to me? He looked up and he said, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you something. I ran up to him and gave him the biggest hug. You know, teenagers nowadays, it's like, you know, they don't want to be hugged. I was like, bump that. I got all up in his face and I gave him the biggest hug. And I said, hallelujah, praise God. Because that's the response we're supposed to have. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And whether I was joking or not, he wasn't playing with his health. Okay. So we have authority. And it might be for something even bigger, something more detrimental, something more important than a common cold or whatever. It doesn't matter. Jesus dealt with all of it. And he gave you the authority. He gave me the authority to overcome all of Satan's uh, foolishness, okay? All of his, you know, tricks and schemes. We have that power. So take heart, be encouraged, know your God. Daniel eleven thirty two, uh, part B of the verse, another verse that I love very, very much. And I quote it pretty much every week. Daniel eleven thirty one is talking about how there are wicked people who are going to pollute the sanctuary of strength. They're going to take away the daily sacrifice. They shall place the abomination that make the desolate. So basically talking about how there are so many evil things that are happening or that will happen. However, the people that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And that's Daniel eleven thirty two part B. Look, you guys, this is one of the verses that I call on, remember, recite constantly. Because I have to remind myself also that, look, there's a lot of evil happening. Okay, people are perverting the word of God. They are polluting the sanctuary, as in, you know, people are in church and they're not really Christ followers. There are demons operating through people in the church. And there are evil people walking around because they have succumbed to Satan. Okay. So there's a lot of negativity, pollution, you know, perversion, all of that happening. But God says that those who know their God intimately, you know, an actual relationship with God shall be strong and do exploits. Exploits in this sense, is corrupt or caused to dissemble. So if we want to work against the wiles of Satan, the demonic forces, the, the, um, the, the murders and all of the senseless crimes, if we want to actually counteract that, we have to know our God and appropriate the authority and do exploits, dissemble, corrupt, break down, tear down, dismantle, Satan's camp. And how do we do that? By knowing who we are, whose we are, okay? And by exercising the authority that we've been given. This episode of The Good Apple Podcast is being sponsored by SharondaSimone.com, the website where I share all of my raves and faves 
for beauty, motherhood, lifestyle, and my home. All the items there can keep you bougie on a budget. So make sure you head over and check it out, www.sharondasimone.com. Apples, this has been a an episode that I hope has inspired you, has opened your spiritual eyes, has given you insight into how much you can do as a Christ follower to help come against all the foolishness we're dealing with in this world. Again, you read to the end, you know what happens. Things get worse before they get better. You know, things just continue to deteriorate. However, as far as Satan just, you know, running amok in your life, wreaking havoc in the lives of your family members, no, we don't have to deal with that. Guess what? We should do extraordinary, out of the ordinary things because Jesus did some pretty wild things when he was here on earth. And now that he has gone to heaven to be with God, he says we can do greater. That's awesome. That's encouraging, you guys. This is it. Like, this is amazing. I'm excited. I'm encouraged. I really hope you are too. So, reach out to me. Let me know what you thought about this episode. I do hope that I was able to break it down and explain it well. Um, Let me know what you guys thought about this episode. Um, And also too, make sure you tune in next Sunday, okay? Because we'll have a whole new episode. We'll be on episode number six. All right, you guys, if you are listening on the Anchor app, okay? please be sure to favorite this podcast. And I believe there's an area where you can like give claps or something like that or thumbs up the episode. That really helps to push the podcast out to more people and the better the ratings, whether on Spotify or Anchor or any other platform, the better the ratings, the more people get exposed to the word of God. All right, you guys, thank you so very much for listening. God bless you. Until next Sunday, remember, I am Sharonda Simone, and I will either see you at the top or from the top. You decide. Bye.